Diverse is brought to you by SWE Advance, supporting the recruitment, retention, and advancement of women in engineering through career resources, professional development, and one-to-one networking opportunities. Hello, I'm Jessica Rano, FY17 President of the Society of Women Engineers, and this is SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Joining me now as part of our Women Executives in Engineering podcast series is Marilyn Tears. She is the Safety, Security, Health, and Environment Manager at ExxonMobil Development Company. She is a SWE member, has a degree in civil engineering, and lives in Houston, Texas. Thanks for joining us today, Marilyn. Glad to be here. So we'll jump right in. Uh, you've been with ExxonMobil for more than 35 years, Marilyn. Can you tell us a bit about your background and career there? Well, I started out pretty young, always wanting to build things. I did a lot with blocks, and I originally thought I'd be an architect um, and found out I wasn't really that creative. So I went into civil engineering, which has worked out really well for me. So I went, um, got my degree from the University of Illinois, and I've got a bachelor's and a master's in civil engineering. My focus was in school on structural design and construction management. What's interesting is at the time, I thought what I wanted to do was manage large international projects. So I chose ExxonMobil for a lot of different reasons, but mainly because they're one of the few companies at the time where I could do both design and see things built. And when I joined them, I thought, oh, I'll stay about five years. And obviously that changed a lot (laughs) since I've been there over 35. Um, so, but the key thing is, is my career path has, has taken a lot of directions that I didn't really expect. Um, I worked a lot supporting field operations and found out I really liked that side of the business. I've done a lot on our career management side, uh, developing people, and that wasn't something I planned on getting into. So over 35 years, it seems like my, my path has been a little bit more varied than I would have expected, but... In the end, here I am working for the part of our corporation that basically does large project management and have been a project manager on numerous different places until I joined the senior leadership team. So my one career highlight I had was I was the operations manager for a new facility that we called Hoover Diana. And it was located in over a mile of water. It was a $1.2 billion asset that we were building and not only did I get to help build the facility, but I also got to help build the team. And then I operated that facility for over two years. And it was a, a great high point in my career, a mix of that operations and projects. That's cool being able to see something through the whole process versus, you know, sometimes I think, you know, you just see a little bit of it or one aspect to it. Yeah, that's it's really nice, and that facility is still producing today, so I still get a few questions every once in a while about how <laughs> something was built. So you've talked about, you know, your career path has kind of gone all different directions, and then you actually have ended up where you thought you were going to go all the way, you know, when you graduated from college. Um, but you're also in a leadership role. So what do you think your keys to success as a leader? I think the one thing that I feel is a real strength that I have is I really do care about my team and I get out of enjoyment out of the team members succeeding. And, and when you're a leader and a manager of a group, getting that value of what your team does is, is core to being happy. I think the other thing is 
I really stay true to my core beliefs and I use the strengths that I have. I don't really try to be somebody else that I'm not. Um, clear directions, always good if you're going to be the leader of a team. And the other thing that I find is really successful and helped me develop and grow over the years is you've really got to embrace feedback. Even those days when you'd really rather not have it, you have to embrace the feedback and really treat it as the gift that it's, it is versus maybe taking that gut reaction of kind of how you feel in the moment. Probably the other thing that I think is really is actually a fun part about being a leader, but also being is really important is you got to be willing to kind of put yourself out there and do some silly things sometimes and have that courage to to do things that make the team energized. For example, um, we were having a charity drive at work and I volunteered that for every dollar, um, for every hundred dollars that got donated, I would jump in the fjord um, because we were doing a, in Norway because we were a bunch of doing a bunch of work in Norway. And um, it was pretty cold on the day, but we did raise a lot of money. <laughs> and and um, it's one of those things that that team has pointed to uh, for a long time as being a, a real positive. Plus, you got to jump into a fjord. That's kind of interesting. It was pretty good. The good news is, is I did have a wetsuit on. Oh, that's good. So you mentioned giving feedback. And I know that's one thing we hear a lot of times is members uh, from our members is that they don't necessarily get feedback. So um, have you incorporated that into your leadership that besides receiving the feedback, giving the feedback? Yeah. I mean, for me, you have to have that really continuous feedback and you have to be able to give um, coaching, nudging, and then you have to give that hard feedback um, that sometimes you just have to say, you know, that didn't meet expectations. Um, on the same time, you have to balance when things go really well. You have to point out why was it good and why did that make it what somebody did positively? Why did it make a difference? Yeah, that's good. You know, that's, a I think, an important thing for leaders to be able to do. It's And it can be tricky to give some people sometimes, you know. Both good and fat. I'd say over the years, it's something that you have to work at getting better because it's not always as easy as you. It, it doesn't always feel natural. I agree. So your husband's also an engineer at ExxonMobil, and you have two adult daughters. One is a CPA and the other is a chemical engineer. Did you help your daughter pick her engineering discipline? Actually, we didn't help her pick. Uh, we're both civil engineers, and we're still trying to figure out how we got a daughter that loves chemical engineering. <laughs> but I would say what we did is we were strong believers in whatever our daughters were interested in is that we would encourage them to try it out and really support them to try to be the best in what they did. So the interesting thing is my daughter that's a chemical engineer, in junior high, she was convinced she was going to be a pastry chef. And so we encouraged her, supported her to try a lot of different cooking, try out pastry, different pastries. So we had some really good ones and some really not so good ones. But it was interesting when she took physics and chemistry in school, um, when she got to high school, then she was like started getting interested more in engineering and what we did. And the neat thing is, is um, at Texas A&M, she was able to go to both a co-ed engineering camp and also a camp that SWE sponsored at Texas A&M. And it was those two things that really started cementing what kind of engineering she wanted to be in and study. So it was a, a real positive, I think, just encouraging her and, and, and asked, finding, looking for those things that she could be excited about. That's really cool. I, you know, I've, um, a camp is how I found out about engineering too. So I think that's uh, 
those summer experiences can be really important. I think the interesting thing is, is then when she got in college, she then volunteered at the same sweet camp to help others. Oh, that's cool to see it go full circle. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. So kind of continuing on that topic about how things have gone full circle for you too. Um, ExxonMobil is a member of SWE's Corporate Partnership Council, and you're a founding member of ExxonMobil's Women Interest Network. And how do you leverage SWE to help women within your company to develop their careers and utilize that women's interest network? You know, it's it's an interesting thing. Um, one, SWE is just a great resource for people. Uh, you know, whether you're just trying to get started, you're trying to find a job, how to how to improve as a leader. I mean, we used to steal what I call steal things from from SWE and and put them into packages we had just within the women's network. These days, we're a little bit more direct and say, hey, here's the links that you can get to on SWE. Um, the other thing that we find for our women is that SWE is really a great place to practice leadership and try out new skills. It's a real safe environment, and there's plenty of things that you can go volunteer and do, and it's just a really nice atmosphere to be able to try different skills and gain some confidence in in how much capability you have. Probably the last thing that I think is um, also really important about SWE is just a wonderful place to network and learn about different options. Um, You know, you listen to Mary Studlick and she talks about all the connections she's made over the years and how she's been able to leverage those as she changes her different job positions. Yeah, I thought it really interesting you said about the leadership positions and how it's a great place to practice those. And I can definitely tell through my career that my sweet leadership has helped me. Um, you know, as I currently, you know, being sweet president, running a organization of 38,000 members, I definitely do not lead an organization of 38,000 people at work. So uh, it's definitely given me experiences that I would have not had if it wasn't for putting myself out there and trying these leadership roles. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really great. The other thing is is in SWE, the one thing that you get uh, a stronger dose of is just these huge variety in the different companies and back backgrounds and perspectives. So influence skills become even more important, and it 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 helps really gain a real strong skill in influencing. Yeah, especially the. Um... You know, because when you're in a volunteer organization, you don't necessarily have authority or those uh, paychecks associated with motivating volunteers. So uh, it's definitely a good place to practice that. You bet it is. <laughs> so you also were a SWE member in college, and you've seen the organization evolve over the years since you were in school. Um, are there any things that really stand out to you that have changed that you really appreciate? You know, the one thing I really like today is, or as I've learned more about SWE um, compared to what what I saw in college, is it's a lot more focused on development of being a, a strong engineer, a strong leader. Um, it's a lot about also what I call giving back. I think the work that SWE does to support STEM and the develop of, development of our future um, leaders is really, really strong. Um, you know, there's a lot stronger connection to kind of how women develop themselves and that engineering skills than I think there was when early on in my career. I think it was more about how do you just deal with being in a man's world? So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of aspects to sweet. Sometimes it's even hard for me to keep track of all the things that are going on. 
Tay, for me, being in a, a in a worldwide company like ExxonMobil, the, the whole international outreach is really, I think, going to be a game changer as I look across our organization. And we have, you know, large organizations around the world, but then we have some small organizations. And having them have a, an ability to connect into an organization like SWE, I think, is going to be a really great resource. Yeah, we've seen, I've been to our uh, conferences that we've had recently, one in Amsterdam and one in Pune, India. And it's exciting to see, you know, that uh, it's not just the same thing in the U.S. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of different aspects to it being in the different countries, but reality, everyone's looking for the same uh, leadership experiences, professional development, and they can't always find that in other organizations. Yeah, it's really an interesting and the different cultural aspects. I was in Kazakhstan a couple weeks ago and talked to our, our women's network there. And, you know, they have there's there's different cultures and different opportunities, but still it's still those same basics of how do I um, gain skills for myself and how do I take that next step in, in developing myself. So you've also been doing campus recruiting for ExxonMobil over your career there. Uh, what do you look for in potential hires? Recruiting is pretty fun, um, and I would say, you know, I look for a wide variety of things when I'm interviewing people, but the first thing is, is for, for ExxonMobil, we look for somebody that's very balanced, you know, that it's not all about one aspect of being an engineer. And I think the most important thing is, is that you've got to be able to demonstrate that you can use the engineering skills you've gained, kind of your book learning, and be able to use that. Um, and demonstrate that you understand how you can use that to solve problems, whether that's in internships, volunteer activities, group projects. You need to be able to show and explain how you can use your skills because that's what we hire people for is to solve problems. You know, we don't have the same problem every day that you can use the book. You have to be able to solve something. Um, but the other thing that's really important is to, you know, I look at can you communicate what you have done, and can you communicate your results such that you can convince another person that you have a solid recommendation. And probably the last two things are that you have to demonstrate initiative and leadership to be able to progress things of importance. And the most important thing to me in the end is to be a trustworthy person, a person that people want to work with. The interesting story about me is I got into campus recruiting. One of my first things was I really want to make sure we hire people I like to work with. Um, and it, as I was doing my, my first year recruiting, and I had only been with the company about a year, uh, the head recruiter for our, our campus team told me, he goes, here's the best advice I can give you, Marilyn. He goes, if somebody comes into an interview and you leave that interview feeling energized that you want to work with that person and you want to go to bat to hire them, then they're probably somebody you should recommend. Yeah, it's definitely that cultural side of things. Fitting in is very important. I think the key thing is, is the message I want to leave people with is companies do look for people that are going to fit within the culture that they, they have, but they don't want cookie cutters of the same people time and time again. Uh, so when you're recruiting for people, you look for people that have diversity in thought, diversity in background, because that diversity brings better solutions to a company. So... Yeah, since we're talking today as our Women Executives in Engineering podcast, uh, I know some of our listeners are interested in what advice you have for women engineers who want to become leaders, who want to you know, 
take themselves to management level or even beyond into an executive level? I'd say the most important thing to start with is be a very competent engineer. Be, be a good engineer because everything you do builds on those engineering skills if you're going to be a leader of an engineering organization. Probably another thing that I would say is you really got to be open and flexible to opportunities and you really need to work hard in everything that you're given to do. You know, one of the things you learn along your career is that there's some tasks you do really, really well, but you probably don't want to do them a lot. And so, but doing them well once is really important as you gain skills as a leadership. You know, that openness and flexibilities to opportunities really gives you lots of different paths and it really helps you become a better rounded leader in the end. The other thing that I hope people remember is you gotta have faith in your skills. You need to seek positions that continue to stretch and grow you. Don't let yourself stagnate. If you wanna be an upper level leader, you need to push yourself and also have faith. One of the things that I think works really well is you need to understand what your strengths are and you need to figure out how to use them in every position you obtain. You know, it was interesting, back when I started, there was a lot of, um, I'd say, advice, belief, hog laws that if, you know, 35 years ago, if you wanted to get ahead as a woman in engineering, that you kind of had to act like a, a man or you had to have these certain traits. And what I've found over my career is that's not really good advice. What's good advice is understanding where, what you do well and using those things to your advantage. Yeah, I think that's really important because that's definitely some thinking that has changed over the years that you know, uh, people had to put a, almost like act like someone else to be able to get ahead. And if you're not your authentic self, you're not going to succeed. The other thing is if you're not your authentic self and you're not using what comes naturally to you, it takes a lot of energy to be somebody else. And that's energy you could use at being successful at what you do. That's a very good point. Probably the other thing is there's two last points, I guess, what I think would be important if you think about being a successful leader. You really have to have the courage of conviction to stand up for what you think is important. And then you have to balance that you have, you have to exercise humility and be the leader that people can trust. I think that's a great point to wrap up on. Marilyn, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. This has been fun. Yeah, it's good. Marilyn Tears is the safety, security, Health and Environment Manager at ExxonMobil Development Company. Marilyn, thanks for participating in our Women Executives in Engineering podcast series. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to explore additional offerings from SWE Advance at advancedlearning.swe.org.